Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Group 
that has members and and they work together as a team and um they do a lot of uh of media you know they they share stories they have this um they have this radio network where they have a number of different uh people that are putting out content um and we're glad to be working with them. The Human Solution is a is an organization of people who have come together for the purpose of supporting human rights, civil liberties, and we have a specific mission currently of ending cannabis prohibition. And that doesn't look like somebody's silly little legalization bill. And it doesn't look like some online petition. And it doesn't even look like uh, necessarily the Controlled Substances Act changing, because it would have to change in the right way. And it would have to change the world in such a way that cannabis, the plant, and everything that could be made from it would no longer be a criminal act to grow it, to extract something from it, to make something with it, to give it away, buy it, sell it, transport it, whatever. None of those things would be a crime. And it wouldn't require exorbitant fees to be allowed to use it. It wouldn't require restrictive licensing that allowed some to use it, others not. <clears throat> because prohibition means that you can't. If something is prohibited, you can't use it, you can't have it. And if some people can and some people can't, it's still prohibited. There are people exempt from that prohibition, but it's still prohibited. So all the laws that we've passed thus far in the past 23 years haven't done really much to end prohibition. They've kept some people out of jail and prison. They've allowed some people to um, not have to go. They've saved some freedoms and some property and some lives and some livelihoods, but there are still, every single day, people getting locked up for this plant and people losing their property for this plant. And it's happening in places where there's no laws protecting the people, and it's happening in places where there are some laws protecting the people, and it's happening in places where people don't believe they're at risk. Here in California, an all-out war is about to launch by the government against so-called illegal cannabis operations. I live in Southern California. I've lived here all of my life. I have allegedly grown pot for the past 30-some years. I'll admit that the first plant I grew was in 1982, so you can do the math on that. Twenty-some years ago, 
1996, we passed a law in California that allowed some people to do some things if they qualified in a certain way, and it was fairly broad. It allowed for a lot of people to qualify for this, and all they had to pay for, if they had to pay at all, was for a doctor's recommendation and possibly a county license if that was allowed, which was a couple hundred bucks. And that protected an individual in a limited way, but in, in a way that could keep you out of jail or prison. And it would allow for a reasonable amount, and it was subjective or objective or less. It ends up always being subjective when you get in the courtrooms, but it allowed for there to be an interpretation of this law that was very vaguely written. There were a lot of people that were able to grow a lot of plants and, and do a lot of things and, and enjoy the protection of that law. It was flawed like all the rest, but it, it at least gave a place that you could dig in and defend your position. But then a couple of years back, we passed a law that allowed for recreational use and was extremely restrictive, and it allowed for local agencies to ultimately um, decide if they were going to allow this or not. And even if the state allowed for something to happen, if your local jurisdiction didn't, then you couldn't. And over time, it basically overrode the uh, medical law. Today, your tax dollars, if you're an American citizen and you pay any federal taxes, some of those taxes that you paid are being used for military-style raids on individuals' properties and liberties for doing the very same thing that certain people that have certain licenses are allowed to do. And there are military helicopters and there are DEA agents and ICE agents immigration and, and uh, whatever, immigration agents, um, ATF, FBI, National Guard, local sheriffs, police agencies, all these guys are getting paid to come breaking into houses and, and farms and properties and not only cut down plants and take them away, destroy property. They were taking backhoes and smashing greenhouses in Southern California just a week ago. Arresting people, destroying property of all sorts, wreaking havoc, and smiling as they're doing it, saying, we got some more bad guys. And there's no outrage. I don't hear anybody screaming. I haven't seen a single article denouncing this. I've heard a handful of people claiming that, well, there was gunfire over there and there's uh, gangbangers doing this and and uh, Mexican mafia and, and, and they're poisoning the land and they're stealing power and they're stealing water and they're making everything be scary and we can't live in our own houses. But it's not those plants that are doing any of this, if that's happening at all. 
And if you know anything about the news and how it's reported, and if you know about who reports it and when and why and how and how all this stuff happens, what you find is, well, maybe it's a little different than they paint the picture. <clears throat> I live in a place that's currently targeted for raids. I'm, once again, a little anxious over all that, although I've recently done something to hopefully uh, keep that all at bay, and, and, I, and I'm not going to be a hostage to it. Um, truth is, anything could happen. As we're sitting here doing a radio show, government could come storming in here, and you could look down the barrel of a assault weapon just like I have in the past. And nobody's screaming about it. And I don't mean nobody. There are people here probably listening to the radio show ready to scream about it. But we don't have a united front. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of individuals and groups that are out there trying to do work. But we don't work together. Not well enough. We're busy doing our own thing, and that might be a good thing. You might be doing really good things. But we're not ending prohibition that way. We're helping whatever it is we're helping, and that's great. I'm not denouncing or, 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 or demeaning those little things or individual things or things in general. But I frankly want to end prohibition. I want to create a world where I don't have to live in fear anymore. I don't want to worry about my friends and family and neighbors and loved ones and people I don't know losing their homes and lives and families and properties and, and freedoms and all that. I don't want to have to do that anymore. And I know that we can change it. I know that we can make a world where nobody's locked up for pot anymore. Why can't we just work together? Why can't we all decide that this is important enough to stand together as one? Nobody ever answers that question. Nobody has yet answered that question. One by one, the human solution is getting bigger and better and stronger and more united. But it hasn't come easily, and it's come backwards and forwards and fits and starts. Ten years ago, I was fighting my case. My first case had been arrested and was wandering the wilderness. I'd lost all my friends, because that's what happens when you get arrested. Starting my whole world again, trying to find somebody who cares. Going to all the groups that were out there at the time, and none of them knew what the hell to do. And those groups still don't. But they're out there raising money and claiming they're doing stuff, passing laws and supporting this and supporting that. But there is no unity in the community, and not enough anyways. And that's what the human solution is here trying to do and working to do very hard. And I just wish that the people that were out there working would work together as one. And call ourselves whatever. We've tried to call ourselves a coalition. We've tried to call ourselves groups, different things, whatever. I don't even give a fuck what we call ourselves. 
But why can't we just for once stand together? I believe that if we do, and if enough of us do stand together, that this change can happen. I believe it strongly enough that every week, week after week, day after day, I'm out here meeting with people, trying to make changes personally, and trying to bring people to the same table and create a message that we all can share. No one should go to jail for a plan. That's a pretty fucking good message, don't you think? Oh, what about that plant? What about the coca plant? What about the poppy? Should you go to jail for a plant? You know, maybe, maybe just think about this. What if, what if we were to say all of these concerns and worries and problems that people have, well, these guys are standing out there with guns and they're, they're, they're shooting people. I got an idea. Why don't we make that a problem? has nothing to do with the plant, does it? Who cares why they're doing it? The fact is, if you're putting somebody's life in danger, then that should be a problem. Go after those people for that. Oh, well, it makes crime go up because the dispensaries get robbed. Well, guess what? Robberies are already a crime. Somebody robs, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a little old lady pushing a cart. I don't care if it's a grocery store, a jewelry store, a liquor store, a bar, a strip joint, or a dispensary. Somebody's robbing you. Hey, that's a crime. Go after that person. Stealing water, disrupting the the ecosystem. You know what? If you're harming the land in a way that causes a problem and has a victim, go after that person for that thing. There's already a crime for destroying public property and littering and, 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 and changing water courses and all those. There's already a crime for that. It has nothing to do with the plant. Okay, can we maybe get that there's, there's some real ways to move forward? You know, we've talked about already the whole concept of, oh, well, they've got these new laws that allow for recreation. Use. Now they're going after the stone drivers, and they've got a way to tell if you've been smoking pot and driving. Have you been smoking pot today? Well, no, officer. Well, it sure smells like it. We're going to have to go and give you a DUI. Well, there's a way to prove if you can drive or not. It's called a simulator. Strap one of those in the back of a cop car, plug you into it, and see if you can drive. Oh, God. Wouldn't that just make some sense? No, we get stuck stuck on our political um, battles. We get stuck on our high horses. We get stuck in our egos. We get stuck in our fears. We get stuck in our whatever it is that keeps us from getting together. And we just keep doing the same old thing. The same old thing, thinking maybe one day it will be different. We're going to take baby steps and it will get better. When did that ever happen? Tell me, when did baby steps ever get us anywhere? Look in history. It's always bold, big moves that get things done. That's why people have wars, and I hate war. But you know what? Sometimes it gets things done. Because when people just sit there and talk at the table and they 
type on the phone and they do these little things. Well, yeah, things happen. In the scope of the universe, eventually something will happen if you keep doing it. But you know what? Human beings don't. Human beings have a lifespan or not a lifespan, pardon me, an attention span of a flea. People are into it until it gets not interesting anymore or until it gets uncomfortable or until it gets expensive or until it gets problematic in some way, and then they go off and do something else. That's what people generally do. You know how I know? Because I've been doing this for more than 10 years, an all-volunteer organization. You know how many people are here that were here in the very beginning? About four Every year, more come and some go, and more come and some go, and more come and some go. That's just what happens. But little by little, we began to gather some good folks that care enough that I think we're starting to build up as a team good enough, strong enough, united enough to actually bring this to a critical mass. Week after week, you hear guest after guest coming on that are coming from different groups, different organizations, different places, and they're saying, yes, I pledge to work with you. I pledge to work together. Week after week, it's happening. Little by little, that's happening. It takes leadership, folks. It takes out of your comfort zone. It takes working with other people. It takes putting your differences aside. And if we can't do that, we're destined to continue being dominated, oppressed by a tyrannical regime that is our government today. The very thing that our founding fathers said, watch out, if you don't do something about it, this is going to happen. Oh, yeah, it did. So I want to share a couple of little stories. Um, George Martorano is going to be here shortly, and uh, we get to do a little interview with him and see how things are going. <laughs> um, I've got some guests that are on the line. Actually, we should jump into that, and I'll tell some stories later if I have time. First of all, we've got non-compliant Mary. I love non-compliant Mary, and I love the fact that she's non-compliant. And I wish more of us were non-compliant for more reasons. But here's Craig Cecil who's actually serving life in prison for pot right now. Let's let him talk first. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. This call is from... Right. Oh. An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call or to accept. Dial 5 now. To block it. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Uh, well, it's it's raining here in Terre Haute, Indiana, at the prison. But I do have in my hand a piece of good news from one of your Southern California neighbors, from uh, the former representative, uh, Mr. Robach. <laughs> yeah, I hear he got into the industry. Yes, I uh, We're the... The crux of this article is that he said on TMZ that he expects the Congress to uh, declassify marijuana in the year 2022. Well, a little bit sooner. That's 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 an ambitious thought. I hope he's right. For God's sake, that would be fantastic. That would be one of the steps that we need to make. 
That would definitely be true. Get the feds out of that altogether. Leave it to the states. Leave it to the local, you know, the local governments, you know. But uh, the feds need to get out of that, you know, just as they got out of alcohol regulation, what, you know, uh, 80 years ago. Yeah, just as a starter. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, in a in a couple of minutes, I'm going to be joined in person by. Um, a guy who was in the same situation you were a few years ago. Uh, George Marcherano is coming to, to uh, co-host the show with me today. And um, he'll be walking in the door any minute. And I just think that as I was talking to him five years ago and four years ago, and, and, I, and I told him, you know what, we're, we're going to sit together and we're going to do stuff and we're going to work together. And this was before... Half the people in the human solution today were even there. And you know what? He's coming in in a few minutes to sit down with me, and we're working together, just like we said. And you know what? The same thing's going to happen with you. Fantastic, fantastic. And I hear Tony Viscaro just walked out of a halfway house here recently. Yeah, I've heard that. I haven't heard anything from him. But I, I I heard he's in the process of uh, of getting out. Hopefully they don't. Uh, they were talking about some deportation stuff. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I agree. I agree. But uh, I believe he's from Cuba, and I don't think they can deport people to Cuba. So I don't think so. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some good stuff. Well, you know what? What also is happening. Um, you know, we've been working with a, um, a state prisoner by the name of Michael Thompson, and um, we have uh, gotten an article that really took hold. And I'm I'm, I'm actually hoping that the same uh, the same person that did that article we can get to do an article on your case because what happened was this article got going and really got some uh, some traction and it's really gotten some worldwide coverage. So much so that um, the the state senator that kind of railroaded us and and had claimed he was going to help, it's actually a, a relative of Michael's, uh, had promised he was going to help and this and that, but what was really happening was he wasn't really planning on doing anything because his fears of accusations of nepotism and whatnot. So he didn't really do anything. Well, it turned out we called him out on it publicly, and um, there's... There's a new governor, a new judge, and a new prosecutor in the case, and there's a real chance that we can get a pardon um, of this guy very soon. And so uh, we're, we're pushing a big media campaign right now. It just got launched today. We're doing a fundraiser and um, a, a massive media campaign, and we're working to really try to push this thing through, and I, I, I can't help but think that we could get the same thing to happen for you. Boy, I sure hope so, and I, I also uh, just tonight seen a picture of Paul Free walking out of a prison, so, I mean, there is a bunch of good news around. <laughs> well, you know, the thing that I wish is that there was some unified reason for it. You know, there's all these bits and pieces. I just got done doing a 20-minute tirade about the lack of unity in this in this movement, and everybody's free for different reasons, and there's different people involved, and there's not really one solid 
group that's behind any of this. And even though there's lots of the same groups and the same people that are behind it in their own ways and, and bits and pieces of this and that, I can't help but think that if we all got ourselves together and, and, and you know, created one front that was united as one front, it might make a bigger difference. Well, one encouraging uh, uh, letter I wrote or I read tonight is that more and more groups like like I know that you've done this for at least the last couple of years that I know of. The people that are spending money for lobbying, spending money, you know, getting behind uh, marijuana retail operations and all that. More and more people are pushing them to say, "Hey, remember the guys that are in prison? How can you decriminalize this?" And just forget about them and leave them. Right. So more and more of them are, are you know, getting that bug. And I know you said you spent days, you know, calling them, cajoling them. Uh, oh, yeah. To say, you know, hey, remember <laughs> these guys. And I, think, and I think some of that's finally coming home to roost now. I think so. And, and I think that, you know, once again, if we could if we could create a united oh, front. You know, it's, it's funny. When, when we uh, go after a cause, and we get enough people talking in a certain way. Um, you know, like when we do a letter-writing campaign or if we do a, uh, a phone call campaign or some kind of a media blitz and, and the information starts getting shared, what happens is there's a perception that there's a united front, even if there's not. And, what you know, if you're on the receiving end of something like that and your office is getting bombarded with people calling saying, hey, what are you doing here? You're spending our tax dollars on this frivolous problem. Hey, what are you doing? There's a, there's a guy who has been accused of a crime, and there's no victim. Hey, what is, what's going on here? This is an abuse of power. This is an, uh, uh, an abuse of, of due process, and, and it's happening over and over again. They don't know necessarily that there are many people that are not connected, really, because the action is connected so much so that it appears to anybody that's receiving it or even watching it that we're all together united. And I think that if we could just get all these people and individuals and groups to stand behind an action of whatever of whatever magnitude, um, I, I think that we could start to get this to happen. And I think ultimately, you know, there's a there's a there's an old adage that says, you know, act as if if, if you're if you're not happy. Just smile anyways. Eventually you'll start to feel a little better. And and it's the same kind of thing, you know. If you if you want to get something done, even if you don't like the people and you don't feel like you can work together, well, pretend for a little while. And before you know it, you'll be doing it. And a lot of that is just, you know, coming around that, that common goal. Because look at, look at our military. There's so many people that really don't get along but they work together so well out on the battlefield because they, they all know their duties, they all know the objectives, and, and that's, you know, just what they agreed to, you know, up front. This is our objective, and we're all going to work towards that. I think, you know, that that takes the, you know, the the personality corps that, you know, are automatically, you know, people-oriented groups, and I think that, you know, if people keep their eye on the goal, that, that would make things a whole lot easier. I couldn't agree more. Well, that's that's been my uh, my mantra of the day, and and 
I'm going to keep beating that drum, and, and hopefully we can get more and more people to come to the table and agree on a plan, you know, agree on a mission, agree on, agree on enough things that we can say, well, you know, I don't really care in my heart if you're part of this team, that team, or the other team, as long as these teams are all doing the same thing. And that's the only thing that really matters. I don't care if I like you. You know, there's been people that I've supported that are in prison that are real assholes, that are people that I don't like at all. But you know what? I don't care about that because they don't belong in prison, and it's not about them, and it's not about me. It's about making this place better, and you have to get outside of that to make it happen. Now, one thing, last week you you mentioned that there was a, a bunch of police activity around where you live and that they were actually state officials going after people. Is there people that have been locked up in your, your region in the, in the state where everybody says marijuana is legal? Yeah, there were a no, number of arrests. They raided over 100 sites. They seized uh, tons of cannabis. Uh, they destroyed countless properties. Um, there's there's mixed reports of how many arrests there were, but there were many arrests. And uh, the problem is when they come and they raid you, they got three years on a felony warrant <laughs> to charge you. So we, we won't know for a little while. But the problem is they're geared up to serve a 1,000 warrants in L.A. County over the next weeks and months right now. There There's already... Um, the precursor to that's already happening. We've already got intel that says that's about to start. Over a thousand warrants are going to get executed. They're doing it up in Northern California too. Now, does this sound like maybe a money grab? They're just going to scare all these people in the, you know, paying fines to get these things, you know, pleaded down or dropped or whatever. I mean, what's what's I mean, what's the goal behind it? What are they really trying to accomplish? Has, has anybody determined that? Yeah, there's two parts to this. One part of this is the the people that have gone through and gotten licenses, these, these are people that haven't gotten their licenses but used to be protected under our old law. And so what's happened is the guys that have licenses are actually turning into rats. And they're the ones that are complaining that they're comp they're getting too much competition, and so they're going after the so-called illegal or, uh, uh, grows and and dispensaries and whatever. And the problem is whether you're legal or not, they will raise you and then they'll sort it out. And if you were if you were okay and protected on any level, and you can prove it, well, just like me. I beat all my cases, but you know what? They destroyed everything I had, and it didn't matter. I didn't get any of it back. They took everything. They locked me up. They took my money. They, they, they ran me to court for six years, and then they said, look, sorry, I guess you're all right. So that's what they do. They punish you through this. And then, yeah, you're right. They seize money. They're always looking for money, and they seize property, um, and Frankly, I'm sorry, they're a bunch of sadistic fucks. They like to break stuff, and they do that. And they take the medicine. So it, it sounds like that the only goal you've been able to see is that the uh, newly licensed operators are, are complaining they're not making enough money because other people are also in the industry. 
Bing, 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 bing. Give this man a prize. He just got the right answer. You are correct, sir. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. And that's out of all of the work that we've done to create accidents. You know what happens, Craig? When these licensed shops open up and they're, they're, they're doing everything so-called right, the poor bastards that are really sick and that are actually really in need of, of medicine and, and cannabis and they need more than what most people do because they're really sick, they can't afford it. So they don't get it. And then they got to go to the so-called black market so that they can maybe have a chance of staying alive. That's what we're up against. Well, so their whole goal is doing away with the black market may actually be creating a bigger one. Exactly. You know what happened, Craig? I got I got intel. As it happens, I may know a few of those people that got raided. And literally the next day after they got raided, they put their greenhouses back up and they started planting again. And well, I said, good for you. We need to do something to get the, the government out of, out of that medicine altogether. I mean, all together. I agree. And like you say, you know, maybe more people need to come together and say, you know, I'm not trying to be the hero here. I'm trying to work with everybody to get it, you know, get it decriminalized, get these people out of prison, get the sentences reasonable. But uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think those egos are taking, you know, keeping too many people apart because they're angry that somebody else will get the credit for the end result. You know, let's, let's, like you say, everybody enter into a coalition where everybody wins. And, you know, they, they look at uh, uh, federal uh, marijuana laws and they, you know, put them down into something that's reasonable, like for fixing a truck to halt marijuana. There we go, folks. Craig Cecil. Cut off by the federal government while he's trying to tell a little bit of a story. And your tax dollars at work, once again, paying for his institutional life, paying for him to be housed in Terre Haute, Indiana, one of the worst prisons around, where he serves a life sentence without possibility of parole. Okay, I'm a Miracle believer, folks. I'm a miracle believer. We can get him out, but it's going to take a unity that we have not demonstrated thus far. It's going to take more than we've done so far to get that to happen. Let's make it happen. I think uh, George is just rolling up, so let's go through our calls, and then we'll get to George, and we'll be able to close the show out. Take as long as we want. The show's an hour long. We have about 21 minutes left of the show. If we go over, which likely we will, you can't call back in. So if you're going to call in and you want to talk, if you've got anything to say or you want to listen, pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. And get on the line and stay on the line. And I guarantee you, if you call in and say, i got something to say, I will give you a chance. Everybody that calls in gets to talk. Even if we go long, it's just how we do it. All right, let's start. We're going to go a non-compliant Mary, Pete April, Glenn Keeling, and uh, let's see what everybody's got to say. 
Non-compliant Mary, welcome to the show. How are you doing in front hey of the scenes this time instead of behind the scenes? How's it going? It's going good. I'm becoming a dangerous person. And I laugh hey, when I say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm not even a, a true five foot. I use, um, like, heels on my <laughs> on my tennies. I'm, uh, I'm a simple person. I wish everybody the best. I um very considerate. I've voted up until the year 2016, voted in every election from the time I was 18, did all the things I was supposed to do, got my first job when I was 17 working full-time, although in reality I'd been working since the age of five. At the age of 12, I was running a household with five children, two of which were newborns, one of which was a um, a Down syndrome child, and I was the only adult at the age of 12. So I've had a life of doing the right thing, working hard, um, always knowing that there was, you know, something better going to happen as a result. And it's been a good life. I have no complaints about anything I've done. What I find in current day America, boy, that's what's turning me dangerous. Here's a sweet gal. I'm in my 67th year on the planet. Not super strong physically. I always rely on other people. But I'm tenacious. I'm willing i'm open-minded i'm willing and ready to ask questions of my environment i don't follow the herd i just think that they go in dumb directions and they they pit themselves against each other i think if a herd wants to do something why don't you get it together and all i don't know just go in the same direction well, i guess they do but they'll let someone else direct them i believe in people thinking using their God-given brain and asking questions and coming up with their own solutions rather than the regularly scheduled programming that they're given every night. And I'm just, I'm getting really pissed off. I don't generally say that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There are times lately I've said bad words and I don't normally do that either. I'm, uh, I'm angry. I'm, I'm angry because I've learned um, I was terminal, as was my husband. We did all the pharmaceuticals, great insurance, did everything we were told, got sicker and sicker and sicker until they told us that we weren't going to make it. And uh, I just, you know, just didn't want to listen to that. So we went off all the pharmaceuticals, excuse me, that's still hard to say, hard to think about. Um, I had no quality of life on 34 different meds, you know, um, just over depression from losing a child. Big, big, big deal. And yet in the scheme of the world, um, you know, people die every day. You know, not not a blip in the screen really, but for me, 34 prescriptions, all of them were side effects from an antidepressant. Then to find out that the antidepressant had homicidal and suicidal ideations to them. Why would you give someone who's suicidal, who's just lost their baby, why would you put them on something that would make them homicidal or suicidal? Well, money. (laughs) That's the reason why. So going off of all this and finding something natural and discovering that these natural things have been around before Jesus walked the planet, regardless of what religion people subscribe to, that's a long, long time ago. And it's been working all this time. And yet, half the public, or more than half the public, you know, not that many years back, 
oh, my God, reefer madness and your pothead and stoner and all these kind of things and judgments and, you know, getting on a jury. Well, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, even though you, know, you must have done something wrong. It's drugs and all this. And I, I look at all this and I think, my God. And so as a critical thinker, I say, okay, let's back up and let's see what's going on here. I truly believe that the system is not broken. I truly believe if we stand back and we continue to be nice, compliant, respectful people that go and vote in our public officials and do everything right, do the right speed on the freeway, follow all the laws, I don't believe they're going to change a thing. And the reason is because they want it this way. I believe that as long as we, we and I'm going to say we is 99% of the American public, men, women, children, all ages, I think if they keep us, we, relatively sick, you know, we've got hope from, from, you know, doctors and all this, but if they keep us sick and they keep us uneducated and they teach us to be compliant, they teach us to obey from the very early times in school, you can't even get a good grade in school if you're extremely creative and you devise ways that, that just are amazing to the teacher because the only way you can get an A is to repeat like a parrot, what someone else has put in a book. If someone didn't have that answer in the book and you don't repeat that, then you're wrong. And you're, it's not encouraged, it's actually discouraged. We've got so many things that are against us. I don't believe they want us to be healthy. I don't believe they want any of these natural remedies to be in. Why? Because they work. During the BP oil disaster um, years back, they, we signed an international treaty, and that treaty means that legally – we can't ever say that an herb or a supplement can cure. You can get arrested. You can get fined. You can have your product taken off the shelves. You have to actually have something say that this has not been tested. It cannot cure you and that you must go to a doctor. Well, guess what? The doctors have become employees. It's not like um, father knows best times where, where there was a great well, there would always be male doctors then, a guy doctor, and he really wanted to make you well. Today, they look at it as a business. They're working for someone else. They have malpractice insurance, and as long as they give the drugs or schedule the surgeries that that line item says, they're covered no matter what. They know that their people don't get better. They know this, but they don't want these natural remedies out. So here I am, my 67th year going around the planet, well, kind of in a way. Um, I realize, I've realized now for, oh, I guess, when did I stop taking drugs? I guess 2005, three car accidents in one week. One of them, I fell asleep at a red light, went through the light into a tree, you know, all sorts of things like that, but three in one week. It was perfectly fine because they were pharmaceuticals, so that's a good thing. So here I am looking at how do I change all this, and I drop all of those. It went into cannabis, which, you know, my uh, primary care suggested, which I thought was insane, but he was actually having a very, very lucid moment. And when I realized right. this really does work, and it, it works, and here I am, someone who is supposed to be brain damaged, no good for anything. My husband, you know, going to die, you know, maybe that day, call the morgue directly, the doctor said. All this stuff that's real, then to get arrested because he didn't die because they figured I must have lied because they don't live. And I agree, no one lives with my husband's diagnosis. If they follow what the doctors tell them, no one lives. But if someone says, you know what? 
I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to understand my body, and I'm taking back responsibility for its care because the place I've been bringing it, they're just not taking care of this chassis the way I want. So I'm going to take care of it, and my husband's taking care of his. And I'm telling you, it's the world of difference. We have many more years in front of us. Who knows how long it'll be? But these are good years. They're hardworking years, the years that we care about, and we get to benefit from all the years that we have worked hard. And I last week I had a a real tragedy in my life, and it just comes back to the same old thing, these systems and people agreeing and complying and just doing what they're supposed to. We're, um, we've learned the way we turned our health around was that we grow our own food. We grow our own medicine. Even our herbs, and I don't mean cannabis as an herb in this particular context, our oregano, our rosemary, our thyme, our basil, all of these things are irradiated by the government to keep us safe. There could be a bacteria in there. Well, when you irradiate herbs, you take away anything that's worthwhile in them. So we're getting less and less nutrition. So we literally plant seeds, water, we learn about organic fertilizers, and we do all of this, we're outside moving our bodies joyfully. It's exercise. I don't sit on an exercise bike and watch TV and pedal in front of, you know, with, with other girls with their little ponytails stuck behind their caps. No offense to anybody who's got ponytails behind their caps, but I don't do that. I'm out there shoveling chicken shit. <laughs> I'm out there collecting eggs, sticking my, my hand underneath a chicken's butt looking for eggs, you know, in the, you know, 100 degree temperatures. I'm doing things that have value, that have worth, that I'm moving my body in the best of ways, serving myself and serving, serving others. And I, I do all of this to be healthy. So last week out on our land, we had a mountain lion come in and kill all of our sheep one by one just for sport, just for fun. We've heard that we are in the middle of lion and bear country. And, okay, that's I wanted to get away from people. I thought that was the best way I could continue loving them is be as far away as I could. That way I can remember what they really truly are and not the behaviors, not the ignorance, not the apathy, not the division that they support make America great again. Bullshit. Just <laughs> – be real. Be united. There's only there's only one people on this on this planet. I don't care what color. I don't care what age. I don't care what gender. I don't care what religion or race. Just do you have a mind, a soul? Do you want to get together? Let's have dinner. Just let's get to know each other and and have find value in our in our differences rather than use that as something to be against somebody. I want someone to bring something different to the barbecue. I know what I know. Please tell me something I don't. Please share that with me, and I'll share with you what, what you may not know that I do. And so anyway, so I had this thing with the – and that was right on the heels of the bear, a 600-pound black bear that's colored like an orange orangutan. Black bears come in different colors. So here I am nine feet from this black bear in my car, Sitting there, I, I sat. I slept next to my chickens for six weeks after they, um, after the black bear went in and was eating my hens. It wasn't going to happen again. I was not going to lose another hen. So I would be out there with a tin pan and a tablespoon, less than five foot tall I am, and I would bang that and I would scare off the bear because. I'm not allowed to have a weapon because they say I'm a drug addict. A drug addict. I say, what are you talking about? Well, you, you say you're a marijuana patient. Well, yes, I am. Yes, you want to have a conversation with me? You want to know what it was like before on pharmaceuticals and I was allowed to drive a car? 
You want to know what I'm now, how I'm clear-headed, how I am steady, how now I have a life? Now I have passion in my in, in purpose. I have a lot of things I didn't have before. Being a drug addict, you got to be kidding. I was a drug addict when I obeyed the government, and when I did what the doctors told me, I was a drug addict then. I just didn't know it. And now I know what that is, and I'm certainly not that. I'm an intelligent individual that have found what works for this chassis and what doesn't and the poisons that they give you that have more and more side effects i'm telling you it may make you feel a little bit better maybe but i think a lot of that is placebo i think they're slowly poisoning us i wanted to to not end stage i was in third stage liver failure as one of my many organs some some organs i lost like my kidney but the liver failure, I said, no, how could this possibly be? I've lived a good life. I do the right things. I, I eat organically even. You know, How could this be? They say, well, look at all the drugs. I said, oh, I don't take drugs. I don't even drink. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I'm a good person. And they said, well, I'm just looking at your prescription list. I said, well, that's from a doctor. Ma'am, these are drugs. You've been doing heavy drugs for 20 years. And it all came around that that's what they're doing to us. We are becoming what none of us want to be. And to have a woman of my age out there banging a tablespoon against a dog dish to scare away wild animals because our laws say that I'm not safe to have a gun, I'm not safe to defend myself. Then I went to a gun shop anyway, and I said, you know what? I'm not listening to a lot of what they're saying. I might as well go get a gun anyway. And he said, well, he says, ma'am, you better realize that if you shoot a, a mountain lion here, you better have claw marks on you. I said, it's killing all my livestock. I'm just protecting my land. They said, it has to attack you. You have to actually have claw marks. I said, well, I'm telling you, I'm looking at my animals, and I'm telling you that I wouldn't have time if he had claw marks on me for me to do something about it. He would have, he would have snapped my neck, and I'd be dead. He said, well, that's the law, ma'am. I said, well, just sign me up for the next cell because I'm not going to go down without a fight. I'm not against any person or animal on this planet. What I am is for the safety and longevity of my animals, my friends, my family, and those around me. Before I do anything, I ask myself, is it good for me? Is it good for those around me? Is it good for this planet? I don't go call an attorney and ask what the law is. I say, is this a good thing? Is this healthy? And I think we need to get back to more of this. I w wanted to find out some way. There's got to be some way of getting around this. I'm not even allowed to spend the night on my land. That's against the law in our county. They say until you have an approved septic system with a um, – with a completely permitted residence, I say, well, you know, I've got a fifth wheel. I've got uh, Wilkinson's portables. I've got plenty of places for people to go to the bathroom if that's what you're talking about. No, 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 you're, you can't. You've got to pay all your fees first. The, our systems are designed to hold us back and hold us down until people stand up and say no. You've got to take our jury system away from us. They don't want us to have juries where 12 of our peers can look at what we've done or haven't done and weigh the law as well as the evidence against us. They want to do that away. They want this to all be administrative, where we go in front of a judge, and he who benefits financially off of our arrest, um, court dates, and incarceration, he or she is going to make that decision. What do you think they're going to do? Are they going to be saying, well, no, we need to do the right thing here? Or are they going to say, well, gee, I'd really love that new car? 
that new boat is looking pretty good, and I'd like to go on a trip. That's the way it's going nowadays. And I think that unless it, it, this is no longer about cannabis for me. Cannabis is such a small part of my life. It's a part of it, yes, and it will always be a part. It's an important part. But there's so many more things that are more important to me than this. But cannabis is a great example of that. We are being squeezed to the point. There's no more life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, I, I wouldn't be at all be surprised if there was a law out to criminalize pursuit of happiness, that we shouldn't be able to do that anymore. You know, it's, it's only a matter of time. So anyway, I'm, I'm open for <laughs> response there. I don't normally get like this, but I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm just totally fed up. I'm fed up. Well, Mary, I, I, I appreciate all of your sentiment. And if anybody has ever met Mary, uh, and I've had the pleasure to meet Mary a couple of times, she is the most kind, loving, positive person that you could ever meet. And to have her be this upset is almost, I, couldn't, I could almost not even imagine it. But the things that you described that you've just been through, I can see obviously why you are, and, uh, and and that's one of the reasons that the Human Solution has opened up its mission, uh, you know, more as a civil rights and, and human rights organization, not only focused on the cannabis, although that is our mission right now is to end this prohibition, and we've opened it up to disabled rights, to Native American rights, to veterans' rights, and we're likely going to continue opening it up as as we need to, but the, the the common thread that we all have currently right now is this plant and 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 the things that you can almost always connect something to it when you're dealing with these civil rights problems. And I am just really tickled that you uh, are, are are expressing this because once again, that's what we need. We need people to be upset enough to get up there and stand up and and speak and share their. Their, their feelings and their experiences so that more people can do the same. And then eventually enough of us get together and that opposition starts going, whoa, I, I don't know if I want to take a stand against all them. You know, right now they look at a handful of us here and there, and they're like, ah, we'll just brush them away like, like little animals. But <laughs> all of a sudden all those little animals get together, we become a horde, and you don't want to mess with the horde. <laughs> so... All right, Mary, well, I've got George Marcherato who just came all the way from Philadelphia, and he's sitting right next to me now. And um, hi, Mary. Hey, George. Uh, it's Your story's interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, I always had a saying in prison, there's always tomorrow. So, yeah. And tomorrow's going to be a really good day. Tomorrow also depends yes. on what we do today. If we're just going to sit in our laurels, tomorrow will be just like today was. And if we did, if we like today, good, do it. But if we didn't, if we found that people were being oppressed and things were not right, I'd say we do something today and make tomorrow be even better. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, well, guys. Thank you for all you do. Absolutely. So we've got... A minute and a half left of the regularly scheduled show. We are going to go overtime. we got an hour. We could go overtime if we need to. But here's the deal. You guys, if you want to call in and talk to George or me or have a question or want to bring it in, you got about a minute to call in, 646-929-2495, because once we go into overtime, 
you're not able to call back in. So just giving you that heads up. So um, for all of you, our audience has grown. We, we, we've picked up a few thousand listeners in the last couple of weeks. And um, not everybody knows who we all are. Not everybody knows what the show's about. Not everybody knows, um, you know, who the, who the players are. But sitting right next to me right now is a man who <clears throat> years ago, six years ago or so, I came to know while he was languishing in federal prison serving a life sentence without possibility of parole. And I remember talking to him and and even back then always in my mind we could do anything, we could make any change. I said, you know, George, one day you and I are going to sit down together and we're going to share a meal and eat a piece of pie. And um, here he is a few years back. He got out, and it wasn't easy, um, and he, he fought for, for the whole time he was in there. And he kept fighting until he finally got himself out. And uh, a lot of people, and I, I've been working with people for 10 years now that are fighting cases and, and, and fighting for their freedoms, and most, the vast majority of people, when the dust settles and they get their life back, they go away. They go back to their lives, and they don't do anything more to help. But George never even slowed down. He got out of prison, and the second he got down, he got in there and he was speaking and telling everybody about about his experiences and starting up a program, uh, in cannabis, for cannabis for guns, taking guns off the street, and just teaching and preaching and helping. And this guy just never even never even took a breath. He just kept on going. In a few short weeks, I'll be opening the Hemp House, Hemp Hemp House of Education. It's going to be very innovative. It's never been <clears throat> done in the Eastern Seaboard or in Philly, where you know, people can learn all the aspects of the CBD industry, uh, growing, uh, <clears throat> infusing, uh, extracting, retail. Uh, it's, a, it's, growing, uh, it's growing in Philadelphia more so than any other city. Uh, incidentally, Pennsylvania has the best CBD laws, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, and believe it or not, Oklahoma. But uh, like what I'm trying to do through, uh, I own the Hip Hemp Cafes, I have two now. Uh, what I like is what most of all, our motto is helping people and creating jobs. Uh, most of our, our people are young people who owe, who owe student loans. Those student loans, and they're so happy to, to get a job. So that's something folks focusing on, hopefully in a short time, maybe within two years, I should be supplying about 200 jobs. Woo! That's what I'm here for. That's fantastic. So, um, George, we got a few people on the line to talk, and I know you met Pete Yapel when I was out in Philly. Oh, he's, he's our New York guy. He's our New York guy, exactly. So I got him on the line right now, and hopefully, oh, I guess um, we lost Glenn. Uh, Glenn Keeling from Ohio was on, but we, he dropped off. Uh, anyways, Pete's on the line right now with our Solidarity Over Separation chapter of the Human Solution out of New York. Pete, welcome to the show. You're sitting here with me and George and Lisa, and hey. we're just changing the world. Hey, Pete. That's, How's it going? That's absolutely right. 
It's going good, George. How you been, man? I miss you. I'm glad to see you. On, I'm, we're watching you on the video as we talk on the yes, phone as well. Yes, we are. I'm here, too. Yeah, Helen's with me. And uh, it's always, uh, hey, listen, y'all, if uh, you've never had the pleasure to meet George, you've, you're missing out on something in the world. Man's an incredible human being, and uh, I'm very, uh, very, 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 very happy to say I've had that pleasure. Um, we, we're busy as always, Joe. Listen, I love the show. You know that, and I'm as I listen, I make notes, you know, and this whole, all the busts that are going on, it, as you said, it's the one percenters. It's a, you know, it's, it, it's bud measuring whose buds bigger at this point in time. And to me, it's ridiculous. Everybody should be able to be in the game. I don't care if you're a man, woman, black, white, it is, a, it is a plant. No one should be able to have control over it. And why, again, is Mary's story is everybody's story. The government is doing this to every human being. Every single person that they can get into a doctor's office, that they can poison, pollute, keep fat, lazy, ignorant, not stupid. We're ignorant to the plant. We're not stupid people. And then they can win. If you can keep your opponent in those dire straits, you can't lose. And that's the position that we're being kept in. But the more of us that get off of pharmaceuticals, the more of us that treat a little bit more holistically, eat a little bit better, and develop some spirituality, again, it's all about caring. You know, George is creating jobs. He's caring about people. The more we take care of each other, we don't need a government to do it. That's why we do what we do in the Port Jervis Project here in New York. You know, we empower the community to let them know that they're in charge that the politicians are truly there to pay their bills. They can make any decisions they want in their community. They can raise their own community leaders. They can put the people they want in office. In office. Last night on my radio show, and as we're traveling around, Helen and I, and God, Joe, you know I do just about everything, but we, yes, have, a lot of, lot of, we have a lot of opportunity here locally. Everybody that runs for a government position runs unchallenged. Well, guess who's just going to challenge them? I'm going to challenge them not to, to win and, you know, and get into politics and be a politician. No, 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 no. If they're going unchallenged means that no one's going against them. They don't have another choice. I don't care if, they, if I get two votes, mine and Helen's. I'm going to tell people that everybody else has to step up. You can't complain about a community, not make a change within that community, or continue to let the same people run that community if you aren't willing to step up and do it yourself. That's just the bottom line on that. If we, we are the ones that have to do this. We, you know, we, we can't wait for the government to finally you know, what, fall on their head, bump it, and forget everything that they've created over this time to keep us down suppressed and in the position we are in. Come on, they're never going to roll over like that. So let's get strong, people. We do a million things, a million things, Helen and I. Every, every hour is a switch of gear. Every hour is a different project. Every hour, something new comes up. Why? Because there's so much out there to do, y'all. There's not a lot. To, you don't have to look. It's there. It's <laughs> right in front of your face every second of your life. And if you don't do a thing about it, and you keep turning your head, nothing, and I mean nothing, is ever going to change. We're, we're right in people's face, Helen and I. Hell, I drive around with top tags on my car. You know, my, my car's got magnets on the side. It's the side of the whole thing. People know what I do. They're like, aren't you afraid you're going to get pulled over? I'm like, let them pull me over. 
You know what I mean? What are they going to pull me over for? A pot sign on my car? Come on, man. You can't pull somebody over for that. And if they did, they'd pull me over with three cops, two cars, at least two guys, or four cops, at least two cops and two guards. And that would be just for a blinker. Right, and a dog. And that would be just for a blinker. Because that's the society we live in anymore. We're police. See, guys, listen, 100 homes raided the last Wednesday when we were on the phone, I think, or the day before we were on the, the last call. And they show up with riot gear and automatic weapons and this and this. Good Lord, we are, we're dealing with weed, folks. You know, we're not holding up drugstores. We're not, you know, we're not doing – geez, we're the most calm, peaceful group of people that there is. But it, it, it just seems that we are also the most ostracized. And, again, like Mary's saying, you can fall asleep at the wheel on pharmaceutical drugs, and no one has a problem with it. No one in the law does, anyway. No one in the law does. Well, as long as you have a prescription, you're protected. <laughs> right. It, it just makes no sense. We have such, so, many th- so many things that make absolutely no sense. Way too many head scratchers for me. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, guys, I know you're running short. I know that the time's going quick. I just want to mention tomorrow night we are having an, our ed- first educational dinner at Sorello's Pizza and Restaurant. It's $30 a person. It comes with a, a meal choice between chicken, fi- chicken shrimp, and eggplant. Uh, all, everything's served with pasta and salad. There'll be infused coffee and desserts there. All CBD, obviously. We can't do anything there. Tax and gratuities included. There's a jazz band there. And at the end of it all and during it all, you get an education. Helen and I have put together a comprehensive program. All slides, videos, please, guys. This is something you truly cannot miss out on. If you miss out on this, you're doing yourself an injustice. How does somebody find out about the details about this? Where is it at? How do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. They can get in touch with me directly on my phone at 845-522-3162. They can go to our website, www.canawetalk42smallo.com. Also, our Facebook pages. We've got it on our Can We Talk page. We've got it on our Solidarity Over Separation page, both mine and Helen's personal pages. Believe me, if you can't find us, you haven't looked anywhere. Excellent. Well, you guys are just amazing. You make me look like I'm lazy, and there aren't a whole lot of people uh, no, that no, do that. No, no, <laughs> hey, no. no, that's not that, – that's, that's so far from untrue, but – but uh, honestly, folks, and know when we mention us, we're always talking about the human solution. We're always talking about Willow Creek Springs. Right. All of it is part of Helen and I. We're just, it's just enveloped within us. It's part of our speech. And, George, just one quick thing while I got you here and you're sitting there. I've reached out and been up to the casino three times. I'm trying to get in touch with this guy, Tony. When I finally get in touch with him, I'll let you know what happens. Yeah, I'll, I'll, come, I'll come up there. You got it, brother. Whenever you're back around, man, just safe travel. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Well, Pete and Helen Yapel, Solidarity Over Separation, Chapter of the Human Solution International, out of New York. And these guys are just doing some great work and helping people every which way. Thank you guys for being here, and uh, we'll talk tomorrow. All right, next week. All right, so um, I want to tell you guys a little story that happened last night. It was the weirdest thing. So in California, they're doing all these raids, right? So they got a few people that have a license. Everybody else is illegal. So they got 
$67 million from the government to go and raid all these illegal farms and illegal shops and illegal this, illegal that. Well, most everything is illegal now. So I went over to visit um, some friends in Long Beach. Now, for those of you who have known me for a long time, that's where my trial was, was in Long Beach. I haven't been back there since. So I'm like driving up to Long Beach going, I don't know if I even want to step into this step down. I haven't, last time I was here, like I said, I ain't never coming back. But <laughs> we came in and we had dinner with our friends. And it was a, it was a two-story little duplex, right? So we're sitting up on the top story on this little balcony looking out across the street. And this guy is a, a longtime supporter of the Human Solution. He's a member. Uh, he was working with one of these Native American churches, and they had a, um, a wellness center. And it just got shut down by the government saying, well, you don't get to have this because you don't qualify. You don't have the right license. And I looked out across the street. He goes, yeah, that's where our shop was. And it was literally like three doors down. And he's, he says, now notice what you see. And I looked across the street, and there was a bar. And then there was another bar. This was a gay bar that was big old rainbow all over it and, and some interesting-looking folks sitting next to it. There was a sex shop that was selling sex toys and, and, and porno books and stuff like that. And then a liquor store. All these things were literally in eyes shot. And he told me that, he has a, a young child. She's four or five years old. And he said, one day, my wife goes, well, I bet there's some interesting stories you got from all these businesses that are across the way. He goes, yeah, sometimes it's not so cool. He says, one time me and my daughter were sitting on the patio and we looked down, and there's two guys having sex right right, right below us. And I'm having to, like, turn the hose on these guys because my daughter's sitting right here. She don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. And I said, but they shut you down. Everybody else gets to stay, but you got to go. I had to scratch my head on that one. Well, the only thing you can do, my personal opinion with that, is you have to film it. Just like I have Joe just explained, laid it out. You have to film it, and you have to narrate it. And you have to get that film out there. You have to get the narrated message out there and see where it goes and see how it grows. My situation in Philadelphia, they don't want, I guess they don't want to bother with me because they know that I, I have no fear of the cell <laughs> at all. And, uh, and if they want to come arrest me for CBDs, uh, let them come because I'll be, I will welcome the free publicity because I wouldn't care if my bail was a dollar, I wouldn't post it. I just stay there and fight them in there. If they want to arrest me for CBDs, that's what I have. I have two places right now, hip hemp cafe. So, but the word is, uh, the under, underlining message, the word is, leave that guy alone. <laughs> so, like I said, you want to arrest me, I will not post bail. So, well, and, and, and folks, this is the kind of thing, you know, week after week I do this show, and I'm always saying, we got to stand up. You know, when you get charged, if you get charged, I hope you never get charged. I don't want anybody to get charged. But if you do, the first thing and the only thing they want you to do is to roll over, put that bail up so that somebody's making money off you, 
and then take that deal where you're going to pay some fines and do some community service, and then they get a win on their belt because a pre-deal is a victory. That's you admitting that you committed a crime, so that's a conviction. <clears throat> that's all these prosecutors care about. The money stream just keeps going. You got, they got paid. They processed you into jail. They processed you out. Everybody got their little, their little dole out, and you go out. Nobody had to tie up the courts. They didn't have to deal with any of that stuff, and it's, it's just money coming in. Then there's a scenario when the people that come after you, someone and some loved one, or then the, the he or she themselves get ill, very ill, and um, then they find out uh, that the cannabis plant can help them. Now they're now they're at, I I I can't can't definitely I since my shop has been open six months <clears throat> I have uh, met people in the shadows professionals politicians uh, involved with the courts lawyers that they're ill they're ill yeah. and uh, now now they want they uh, they want to have a life they want to be pain free they want to be able to eat they want to be able to sleep and so and they're got. Incidentally, I'm proud to say I have two doctors now that refer me. Nice. Two doctors that, nice. that finally they they realize that they just can't keep pumping people up with something that doesn't work. Doesn't work. And so now I have, we're getting customers that are being referred by the doctors. Nice. So I'm proud of that. Well, and, and then that's what happens when you're doing the right thing for long enough. I don't a lot of time really talk about the work I do because obviously <laughs> I'm doing it. But me and my wife were at uh, uh, Costco, and when we go to Costco, we like to pick up some flowers. So we got flowers at the house. So there's this girl that sells the flowers, and she had a little hummingbird necklace. My wife had a hummingbird necklace. They start talking, and, you know, she's a sweet little girl, right? Probably 30 years old. Anyways, one day last week, we go there, and this girl just, like, had a dark cloud over her. And she said... My wife's like, well, what's, what's the matter? Are you all right? And she's like, you ever hear this, the term, you know, my life is crumbling? And like, yeah. She says, well, my world is sand right now. She goes, just everything is falling apart. And my wife said, well, what's going on? What can we do? You know, can we help you? Oh, uh, she didn't want to talk about it. Anyways, she finally got it out of her. The Her house had flooded. Her, her husband's sick. Well, what do you mean sick? You know, as soon as somebody says they're sick, we're like, well, you know, talk to me. Well, she comes out. Her husband's got cancer, stage four. He's been fighting cancer for 30 years. He's in his 30s, so he's been fighting cancer since he was a kid. Yeah. And, and, and they've gone through, you know, radiation and chemo. And, and she says, well, I've done cannabis, and I've already done it. We're like, I don't think you've done what we got. And so we said, come on, you know, we got to just let us talk to you. Come. Anyways, a few days later, they come over. And, again, she's maybe 30, 31 years old, just this young, you know, beautiful girl, right? And her husband comes in, and, and you could tell he'd just been through every kind of treatment. His face was all disfigured and just a nice guy. On his way there, she goes, I go, well, where's your husband? She goes, well, there was a truck that, that got jackknifed off the road, and he went to help him. This is a guy who literally the doctors just told him, sorry, there's nothing more we can do for you. We're going to put you into palliative care, which is hospice, which means you've got weeks or months to live, and we're going to put you on a bunch of morphine. And sorry, they got two young kids. This is a young couple with two young kids. I said, look, 
what would you think if I said maybe you can live? Would you be willing to do what it took? Because if you were, I'll make it so you can. I said, I'm not going to charge you anything. I'm just going to, just going to, if you, but you got to be willing to do it. And you're going to be high as hell for a few weeks. But you know what? It might help you and it can't hurt you. And what do you say? And they said, yeah. And we went and saw, we went, my da- it was my daughter's birthday yesterday. Now, my daughter, Candace, is today or tomorrow getting her final inspection on her CBD store right up here in Lake Elsinore. And it was her birthday yesterday. So we went and we said, well, let's go get her some flowers and go have lunch with her. So we were went to Costco and we got a little flower thing. A girl was there. She had a different look on her. And she was, like, calm. And I said, so how's it going? You know, is he taking it? You know, we're all excited to hear is it. Is it working, right? And and she's like, yeah, he's doing everything. And, and and I gave her some stuff to help with her anxiety. Because imagine what the pressure this is. Right, right. Taking care of your husband. You've got two young kids. Right. You just got booted out of your house because it's flooded. And you're going from place to place. Uh, and you're working at Costco selling flowers. I mean, you know, you got to think of the pressure of that. But you know what? She had a calmness to her, and she's going to come back over tomorrow or Friday. And I said, we're going out of town for a couple of days, so if you need anything, you've got to get over here. So they're going to come back over. But you know what? To everybody who thinks that there's some dark cloud over this, to anybody who's hung up on laws and, and regulations and taxation and all the BS that's surrounding this that's holding us back, imagine what it would be like if you could help turn one person around and give them some hope and maybe give a child a father for another week, month, or year, or ten years, imagine if you could be part of that. That's what this is all about, people. That's what this is all about. I just wanted to share that with you because it was kind of a, just a, you know, it's a, touch, it's a taste of what drives me. People go, why are you so always on fire? Why are you always so passionate about this? I go, because this is what it does, and if we could just free it, if we could just make a world where you don't have to be afraid of the helicopters going over your head, you don't have to be afraid of guys coming in, soldiers coming in with guns and taking away all your stuff, what if we just could do it and not be afraid of it? Well, that's what I'm trying to do, make a world like that. That's the world I want to live in. So, <laughs> anyways, we got Dana Bland on the line. Now, Dana Bland is um, a friend of the show, friend of the organization, I believe he's working on maybe even going to set up a chapter out there in Missouri. Um, but he's got a case, him and his wife, and um, it's another ridiculous case. But Dana's fighting this thing all along. He's standing tall. He's uh, been a, a guest on the show more than once, and uh, he's going to give us an update. So, you know, every time I find one of these folks that's willing to stand up and not roll over and play dead, but just take it, he's got actually a good lawyer that's doing a good job, and it looks like they're going to be able to get this thing dismissed, but it's not over till it's over, and we're standing tall, and this is how we do it, folks. Dana, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to uh, have you aboard. Uh, you're here with me and George Martorano. Hey, Dana. How you doing? Oh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm a veteran, and a lot of people don't know that in the VA, uh, they force you to sign a contract that uh, tells you that you cannot use anything other than what they give you. I didn't go by that contract because I started CBD when it first came out, and it was a miracle to me how it worked. And then when I started cannabis for pain and 
getting off the, the drugs they had me on, I, it, it helped me get off all those drugs. And I'm almost drug-free now uh, from, from pharmaceutical drugs. And it's weird because, you know, they, they told you if you don't sign it, they, go, they will take and cut your, all your benefits, your doctors, everything would be cut off. And this is supposed to be legal, <laughs> and it's not. And uh, the other one that I learned is, uh, you know, I've been putting out information, lots of good information, especially from the Bible and stuff like that, that, you know, they were brainwashed. Some of the worst people I've ever seen because my own family gives me a lot of problems. But, but, you know, some people would rather you die than to take and use cannabis that God created for our health and use pharmaceuticals to your death. And th- I, it came from my pastor's wife because I had no idea at the time that pharmaceutical meant sorcery, you know, which is brew. And I started studying on it then, and I was just asking, how in the world can you keep taking it if you know this? Because it's the truth, and it's all over the Bible. Cannabis is. They've changed some words, but even in the King James. And and they've got people so scared and blind in this country that people would die for the law that's unrighteous for one thing. But, yeah, as a veteran, you know, it this it saved my life getting off the drugs that they had me on. And they were some really dangerous drugs I found out. And being uh, having them experiment on veterans because the veterans don't have a choice. So they test their drugs out on us, and most of the drugs that they get come from China. So who knows what they're putting in it, you know? <laughs> oh, it's true. And, there's, there's, you know, the thing, too, that people don't realize, and I talk about it on the show every now and again, but every once in a while I go and I do a search on food recalls and drug recalls. And every single time I do that search, there's massive recalls of drugs that are all FDA approved, and then they come to find out, in many cases, they're made in China or India or, or, or Pakistan or some other place, and something's wrong with the drug. And then eventually they find out that people are, and a lot of times lately it was um, a heart medicine, blood pressure medicine, heart regulating medicine, people were dying. Okay, literally people were dying because these drugs that were approved <laughs> weren't right, or maybe they were right, and they were still killing people. <laughs> and yet, that's everybody's big hang-up, is it's got to be FDA-approved. And then you got food. You know, all the people that are opponents to cannabis, they're, they're always, you know, throwing this in your face. Well, we got to make sure there's no pesticides and there's no poisons and no heavy metals. It's in the cereal. What, what, about, what about E. coli that's in your lettuce? You know, how many times you listen to the Daily News and you go, oh, you can't eat romaine lettuce this week again because somebody's shitting in their hands and they're not cleaning themselves, and now there's, there's E. coli in your lettuce again. It happens over and over again. Or they found rat parts in the chicken McNuggets, or they found whatever. I mean, it's horrible stuff, right? But it's in the food stream, and they don't. nobody freaks out about that and says, oh, we need to have, um, we need to have, testing that is like beyond what normal testing is. We need to have no possible way that anything could ever go wrong. But let me tell you this, folks, and this is the thing that we keep forgetting or we keep not remembering or we keep whatevering. There is yet to be a proven 
single death ever attributed to cannabis in the last 50,000 years. Not one, ever. Ever, not one. And they tried to get one last week. I, people go, oh, did you see this article? And it wasn't even, it was a bunch of hooey. It would have been a death because, ladies and gentlemen, 1984, mm-hmm. before he sends me nonviolent first offenders to the worst sins ever in America, uh, life no parole, he actually called around. He lived at this very exclusive uh, club, gentlemen's club. He actually called around to lawyers and other judges to help him word where he can execute me. He wanted to execute me. He said I was treasonous because I was a marijuana dealer to the city of Philadelphia. Because the only way he mm-hmm. executed that, that, that old law statute was to be, you had to be treasonous. So they wanted to execute. That would have been the first death. Yeah, of marijuana. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, lately, I don't know if you've seen a few. I, I went made it. I had a lecture chair made. Oh, jeez. And it's in, my, it's in my cafe. And people want to know why it's there. And I said, because that's where they try to go. I could have bought an electric chair online. <laughs> online. They had one for 21000 Wow. And it killed 150 people. Wow. Naturally, I wouldn't have had that in my shop. Holy cow. <laughs> just like an electric chair. And it's sitting in my cafe. And just to... Just to, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. They say, um, you know, the, the opponents to cannabis say it's so addictive. Even this uh, FDA hearing they had, they had people coming up talking about the addictive qualities of cannabis. But you know what's addictive is growing it. It's so yeah, connected. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I grow all kinds of plants. I grow every kind of plant you can imagine. i got a whole jungle out here, literally. But when you grow that cannabis plant, it's so responsive, and it seems like it's connected to you. And you go out there, and you just want to see. You, 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 you can't take your eyes off it. You want to go out and look at it. You want to make sure it's okay. Make sure there's no there's no bugs on it. You want to make sure it's happy, its leaves are pointing up. You want to make sure it's got water. I mean, there's, there's a connection. And I've always said, you know, the actual plant isn't addicting, but growing it certainly is. That's point one. Point two is. The thing you got to worry about, the danger of cannabis, is law enforcement. <laughs> that's the thing that you, yep. that's going to hurt you. <laughs> you know, the plant itself isn't going to hurt you, but you, you can run into all kinds of real problems uh, as a result. So, Dana, um, you got a hearing coming up here pretty quick, don't you? Yeah, we got some information. From, I got a sister-in-law who works for the state, and she told my son that uh, they're going to drop the charges. So, right on. And the, and the other thing, it. other thing, yeah, the other thing people need to learn is go and read all the side effects that the drug that you're taking can do to you, and then compound that by all the other drugs that you're taking at the same time with all their side effects. It doesn't come out to the same thing when you're taking ten different drugs. It all mixes together, and the side effects. I mean, if they just read the side effects. I mean, they're not there just to take and keep from getting sued. They're there because it happened to someone, and it does all those things. And uh, just about every single pharmaceutical drug known to man kills people, and marijuana never did that before. Exactly. Well, Dana, I I, I hope that you're um, – I know you will be, but I just I, – I'm, I'm hoping that you're loud and proud when, when the charges do get dropped and that we get to hear about it <coughs> right when it happens. And uh, – 
<clears throat> of course, the first show that we do following uh, this dismissal, uh, I, I'm hoping you're going to be there to celebrate it with us. Um, and just know oh, that, yeah. you know, no matter what happens, I know you guys aren't going away. You and your lovely wife are going to continue fighting the way we are, the way I am, the way George is, and the way all the good folks that, that really want to make this change. Mary, you know, Mary went through a case. All those things that she was telling you about, her health, almost dying, and then getting arrested and oh, going yeah. through all this trial, and now she's still helping us fight and end prohibition. So that's the team that we're Once building Once you know together. the truth, you can't turn back. <laughs> no, can't turn exactly. back once you know the truth. Well, you're part of the A-team, and we love you guys and uh, appreciate everything you're doing, and, and we'll talk real soon. We appreciate you guys, too. <laughs> All right. Take care, Dan. All right. So we got Tom Carby up left, and uh, George, you know, you're out here for a couple of days. You've been out here for a couple of days. You're, you, you're an East Coast guy by nature, but here you are in the West Coast. What's going on out here? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> the more I have a big meeting with Cush uh, in High Times Friday you know, about my, uh, uh, my uh, you know, learn the industry. I'll be branding. I'm uh, coming out with, uh, I'm already licensed uh, to come out. Uh, it's called Mugshot. And uh, hopefully uh, we have someone interested to, to finance that. So, again, uh, I want to create jobs. I'm here to talk to Joe about, uh, I'll be, uh, I have a company that's called uh, Aqua Balance. It's actually CBD by the gallon, water. And I think California, <clears throat> you can do water. So I'm going out here offering to Joe the distributorship for Aqua Balance. And uh, if anybody goes to gyms a lot, what I noticed that you go to gyms, they don't have a bottle of water now. They have a gallon of water. So the gallons have become popular, so we jump right on it and we develop this. Uh, it's called Aqua Balance, uh, uh, gallons of CBD water. So we're going to be bringing, we want to bring that to California, and basically that's why I'm out here. Excellent, excellent. Well, <laughs> well I'm fortunate that uh, you know George and I. You know, it's a weird thing when you when you when you reach out to to people in prison. People in prison are just people. And a lot of guys, you know, you're you're talking to them when they when they can't do anything, and they'll talk to anybody, and they want to talk to everybody, and you know, you're reaching out for a connection, a human connection, and then they get out, and shoot, you never hear from them again. But a handful of the guys that I've connected with, um, you know, you, you you develop a relationship, it's part of our family. You know, George has stayed here, and and him and my wife and my daughters, and you know. We've we've become family, and uh, I went out to Philly and met his daughter, and and you know spent time with the family. You'd be blown away. You go out to Philly, and everybody knows this guy. <laughs> Everywhere you walk, here's George. It's like it's like old times out here in L.A. area. Nobody's like that. Nobody knows anybody, but but uh, out there, you think uh, you think this guy was a was a was a senator or some big famous movie star. Anyways, the point is. There are, there is a team of folks that are amazing people, and they come from all places, all walks of life, um, all all backgrounds. We've got we've got uh, veterans, we've got uh, Native Americans, we've got disabled people of all kinds. We've got uh, people that have done prison time, people that have never been locked up, people that 
that are family people, people that are, it, it's just anybody you can imagine. It's the ultimate melting pot. And the thing that we all have in common is that we got a heart and we got a soul and we got a willingness to make the world better and we're willing to stand together to do it. And that's what this is all about. And that's what this, the passion and the stories and the, the tears and the, the joy and all of that, it's, it's, it's all about this, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's kind of what life's all about. And, and that's kind of, you know, people searching for the meaning of life. It's right here in front of you. <laughs> well, I made some interviews in D.C. and I'll be pursuing them. I believe there is some element in D.C. that understands the wrong. And you gotta get, you got to get there. And I think our nation's capital is important. Uh, I'm making some inroads there. I finally found the city of Baltimore. They're really serious about contracting my cannabis for guns program. You can see that, ladies and gentlemen, cannabisforguns.com. Uh, you can't go .org with the word cannabis. But uh, if you're listening, you know, you just got to stay the course. You got to keep out there. You got to keep your names. Got to keep popping up in the right circles, and, uh, and that's what you have to do. You have to just keep moving, keep doing. And uh, I think I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to see in our lifetime. <clears throat> I just pray that. Uh, when uh, they do drop cannabis on the schedule one to the three, they have to use the word retroactivity. If not, then we uh, we still have to fight for those that are not going to catch a break. He or she is going to be still in prison for cannabis. So, but I have a, I have an idea for that. Uh, if they don't use the word retroactivity, what I'm going to do is design the standard motion uh, that these prisoners, federal prisoners, can use. Uh, to hopefully go in, uh, it's going to be under the Holloway case that helped me. So I'll have a standard motion out there that they can download, put their name on it, and with the, and I will have a standard letter attached to it as an exhibit. But you just got to keep going on, you know. Basically, you got to outsmart them. Outsmart them when the, I think if you outsmart them in the right philosophical sense, uh, they don't hate you anymore. So that's what I do. I love it. Well, I got an announcement. It's not an official announcement yet, but it's it, with, with George sitting right next to me, I can't not share this. Uh, it's exciting because it has a lot to do with things that we've been talking about as an organization uh, since we got our 501c3. And it's been, uh, I think it was 2014, we actually got our, our 501c3 from the federal government. And when we first got together a, a different group than we are now, a lot of different people involved, some of the same, but um, we, we created a business plan when we set up the 501c3 because when you fill out that application, it goes through all these little details and you, more or less if you're going to do that, you might as well create a business plan with it. So we did. And one of the things that we had engaged, you know, our, our prison outreach program was much more significant then than it is now, but we had a lot more people in prison then than we do now. And a lot of the people that were involved then are not part of the human solution anymore, but they're still doing prison work. And so there's still a lot of good work being done. So one of the things that, that we talked about was that, okay, being in prison is a big problem, of course, but what happens when you get out? What do you do? Not everybody's George Martirano and has a whole, you know, community that, that will rally around you. Um, and, a lot of guys get out and they're, poof, you're out. You got nothing, and your family's left you. Your 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 kids are gone. Your 
your businesses are gone, your property is all gone, what do you do? And we said, you know, if we could come up with some sort of a reentry program, <clears throat> it could be a game changer for these guys when they get out. Well, with Michael Thompson that we're working with right now, um, it's a really good chance that in the next weeks, months, very soon, he's going to be out. Well, he's been locked up for over 20 years. His mom died. His brother took his house. He's got nothing. If he gets out today, he's going to be dumped out in the in the in the town of Muskegon, Michigan, with you know whatever he's amassed in his in his uh, commissary and and whatever little stipend they give you to get out of a bus ticket, and you're out. Well, we've been working with, with – we, we've created this fundraiser page that just got launched today. Hopefully by tomorrow it's going to be going viral and all over the place. So people are able to donate to this. But more than that, we have somebody um, who proposed an idea. And um, I was working with this group uh, through the coffee party the organization that hosts this radio show. And we went about three years ago to Georgia to a convention called the Net Roots Nation. And it was a, a, a progressive sort of a, um, a convention, and there's all kinds of folks there with all kinds of political and social change type of, of, a, of, a, of a thing. And it was big, huge, a lot of people involved. And I was rooming with a guy who was part of this uh, farm co-op up in Flint, Michigan. And that was before they, the whole water scandal had happened. But since that time, obviously, Flint has gone from bad to worse. And um, it turned out that this guy was working with this water issue, too. Well, what they did is they created this co-op, and they have individuals that have purchased properties that were distressed, worthless, basically, um, maybe bought them for the tax bill on them or whatever, uh, some of them have houses on them, some don't. They built these little farms, hoop houses and, and community farms. <clears throat> and what they've done, there's a pastor that's gotten involved, there's a church involved, and I'm learning more about <clears throat> how it all works. But this guy has a property that is going to be available that maybe we're going to get engaged in, and, or maybe we'll do another one. It's the idea of this that, that we're looking at right now. And we're having a discussion about this as an organization, um, in, the, in the very near future, and uh, so far we floated the idea and everybody seems to be supportive of it. So what if we created a project that either we owned or partially owned or, you know, ha had a piece of property that had a home on it, and on this property there was a farm, and the way they do it is the people that live there, uh, they're committed to working uh, 20 hours a month on this property. And that allows them to live there. And then the food that they raise on the property, they take to market, and that pays for this whole thing. Plus, they're getting grant money. And what it does is it gives somebody that's either homeless or oh, I just got I just got informed. I got the the timing backwards. But anyways, the the concept of this is that somebody who is in need, a guy who just got out of prison a guy who's homeless, a disabled veteran, guy who can't get a job, whatever, you can come to this place, be part of a community, be able to learn a skill, to get in your hands dirty, to be working, but you don't have to do it full time. And
and there's going to be opportunities that are created. It's creating um, opportunities in a very depressed area right now currently that's happening in Flint, Michigan, but my mind goes crazy with that. I say, you know what, there's depressed areas all over the country. You could take a model like that and go anywhere. Those programs have to be done. They have to be done. Incidentally, I'm working with Atlantic City. I'm working with Baltimore. I'm working with Chester. These are cities. Atlantic City, uh, ladies and gentlemen, casinos do nothing for the town at all. Uh, all their money goes right to Trenton. No money comes back to the city. So we're, we're working with the mayor. <coughs> we're taking uh, the preliminary stage. We're taking abandoned high schools, and we're going to grow hemp. Uh, we're going to go hemp in these cities with these abandoned buildings. Uh, we won't be paying any taxes. But what we'll be doing is uh, creating jobs and finance right into the city. So those, and those type of places where we're going to be, same thing, people that need jobs coming out of prison homeless. So any, any, anybody lives in cities that, that are really struggling and uh, cities, you know, these, some of these companies, they just, they owe the city so much taxes, they just leave. They just leave the building, so the cities are stuck with them. So there's plenty of these uh, run these run down buildings and plenty of our major cities that, you know, we can, we have, anybody wants to get in touch with me from Joe, uh, we'll go talk to them. We have, uh, we can come in and, uh, and go after and supply jobs and finance to the city. Well, looks like we're, we're both on the same track there. So, you know, this is a big step, folks, and, and, just the tip of the iceberg. Well, we're running low even on our overtime right now. So uh, we got Tom Corby to close the show out. And um, that'll be about it for today. So Tom, Corby, NorCal, welcome to the show. You're here with me and George Martorano. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Well, sometimes this happens. Tom, are you there? I'm now. I was there we go. Here we go. Uh, there we go. I want to thank you, Joe and, and, and Becca and Lisa and Mary and always George Monterano and all the good talks today. Uh, together we stand. Uh, we to disagree. Uh, I try to focus on our goal and vision to help be the solution to end prohibition. No one should go to jail for our sacred plan. Uh, I want to thank you all again for all the love and support. We're hanging in there day by day, uh, helping us get through tough times. And like Mary says, we learn to become our own doctors and take responsibility for our own health and actions. For years, Don and I have organic. We feed our plants only organic. Uh, I focus on why do they say go on a vegetarian diet, alkalize your body, and get out of the low disease, yellow acid state. Also, exercise, meditation, yoga, and not to forget to breathe. <laughs> and then I forget to breathe. Uh, not also always to mention uh, the CBDs, the RSOs, the rubs, and thank you again, Joe Lisa. Liz. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to get my breath here. Really hot. 
103 degrees yesterday, so we're cooking from hail and tormental rains and winds to cooking hot. <laughs> so we got to acclimate. We're getting by okay, though. Yes, we're going through tough times. So uh, to bring up Bobby Jarrett, our very good friend, that's also been here with Frank Canan helping us and Donna so much. Uh, I've got the update from, from Colleen, his girlfriend, uh, from the day, the very next day. So what did he do? He stood around, he went pro per, and he actually got on OR, out on OR the very next day. So. They mess with the wrong people when they mess with people that have been through this many times and know how to advocate and work their case. Pauline says, he's out. He's a free bird. Bobby's now wanted to let know the great news. He was only going 63 in a 65. My first mindset is, well, you know, that looks kind of suspicious going too slow. Maybe a couple of miles over or five might have been better. I just told Bobby that. Uh, this was an Ill- illegal search of Bob. Bob's going to fight it all the way, and it's going to probably go to court on the 18th of July. Uh, he's got a complete video recording of how he was abused. Uh, he said they pulled him from the car after they followed him for a few miles, and he swerved once. Well, when you got the cops behind you, <laughs> it's, not, it's hard to keep straight, but that's what you got to do. He's okay making his way home after he gets a rental car out. Uh, thank you for speaking yesterday on PHI radio show. Found the perfect words. I couldn't. I couldn't do it on radio last night. That was last course. Uh, I'm just going down, and Bobby's going to come in here. Uh, yes, they left the chocolates and stole stole his closed jar of cannabis from the trunk. Maybe uh, still charged with uh, also uh, psilocybin mushrooms, along with this charge with bogus. Uh, two to one odd. Going to have this piece. Uh, what did he throw at him? An injunction, lawsuit. That's what they have yours to hear. And he's got that going, too. He's going to get a civil rights attorney. Uh, they messed up big time. Bobby's on now. Uh, they messed up big time. I recorded almost broke my window because I only rolled it down an inch to communicate. They literally dragged me out of my car. Uh, I know... Uh, so down here, I watched them beat a man in handcuffs inside the jail. They were nasty inside, so I just stayed quiet. They were hurting people in there, mostly homeless people, sad to say. So my heart goes out to them, and I'm, I'm going to get a civil rights attorney. Oh, that's good. Uh, I know they didn't test the drones. Oh, wow, I like that. Oh, yeah, I going down. Uh, yeah. How are you, you and Frank? Hurrying back to checking to make sure you're he's still healing. When he gets healed, uh, he's going to be coming back down. It's such a big help, also. Uh, I think Frank's 
coming back Sunday, the cops broke me up, really hurt my feet. I think they, that they might have broke his, his, uh, his ankle. Uh, I have to heal, and then I have the lawsuit going. Uh, then uh, they ground in handcuffs, and I was tangled up in my seat belt. I can drive, but they have my walker all the time, and I can't work too. It, uh, I'm just going rambling on here. It's really positive that it's okay and out of jail. Uh, yeah, so he's got it all recorded. He's working his case. That's what we do. We advocate. We actually advocate with him, help his case, uh, Frank Canan, too. Uh, and, uh, that's what we do. Also, what this do, folks? This sets a precedence like Joe's case, my case, all our cases. So they quit doing this to other people. It's their cruel and inhumane treatment, what they do. I really think they get off on it. Had to say. Uh, also, I want to say uh, uh, nice to have Frank Canan back. By the way, Joe, he's they, uh, he's brought his mom here, uh, Debbie, and uh, they they're standing strong. They had a, a family emergency, a, a dilemma source, and they're they're getting through it fine. So it's always, of course, great to have Frank back. Donna's doing really good now. Uh, I'm just going out here to get my note. Also, uh, Sue Cologne, who you know well, was here. And she's mellowed out. She agrees. And her and Dr. Allen are getting along fine. Uh, Of course, I think I brought out before, uh, David uh, got his property back in Mississippi and spent 14 months in Mississippi prison and uh, talk about standing your ground. Uh, we miss him so much. So Sue actually was there with him, and they got along, and she helped him get his property back. Uh, she, she was here, and she's helped on it, too. Shout out to Sue Colum. And also, I heard, uh, I missed the first part, uh, that uh, Michael Thompson, do we have some good news on Michael Thompson and Joe? Well, very soon. We're, we're, we just started a fundraiser for him, um, but it looks very imminent um, that he's going to be getting out before, before too long. We've got some uh, major uh, development in the, in the backroom dealings going on right now. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll be glad to throw some in. Okay. We're, I'm glad to see the show is getting back two hours and all the great talkers. <laughs> That's, We're an uh, hour yeah. all the time as well. <laughs> all right, Tom, so, uh, it's always a pleasure. I'm glad uh, you're able to make it up this time, and uh, it's always uh, always good to have you. We need you with us. We need your uh, energy and support, and uh, we've still got a lot of work to do. All right, well, thank you and the Coffee Party Radio. And uh, as always, thank all those on the front line coming together in uh, uh, the sales war on our sacred plant campus. And we want to, when our mindset is be scheduled, no schedule. It's never been scheduled. We know they're all making money on it. Thank you all today, and don't forget to breathe. Now we can bring in Willie. 
Thank you all. All right. Thank you, Tom Carby, the lion. All right, George. Well, um, this is our parting shot here. Let's see what uh, what little bit you got for the rest of the crew here. Well, first, uh, shout out to D.D. Kirkwood up there north of L.A. and Harvard Paul. They're very dear to me. And uh, Kathy Z, is she around? She's right there. All right. <laughs> Kitty's right there. Kathy's right there. <laughs> these, uh, these are my sweethearts. You better not be, you still better not be kissing anybody but me. <laughs> anyway, uh, happy to be here. I uh, really enjoy you coming out here. And uh, you just, everyone's just uh, amazing what you can do with the little you have. Just, just do something. Just do something. It, uh, and uh, you know, I did the speech uh, last week at this called the Mazulu Ship. It's a ship. It was in a harbor in Philadelphia. It's been there. And I spoke for the Fred Sovetsk uh, involved with CBD. And uh, <clears throat> my whole speech was based on one thing, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when, you, when you're up against it and you're in darkness, you know what that light is that gets you out of it? Love. When you love someone, that's your strength. Everyone love and get up tomorrow and do all you can. Thank you, George Montserrat. Excellent. Well, thank you, George. Thank you, Lisa, Bobby, uh, Coffee Party, and all the guests that came on. And uh, uh, just grateful for everybody that's making this a change. And thanks to Dee Dee for all the work she's done with Michael. Uh, so much good happening right now. Um, Next week, we're not going to be doing a live show. Next Wednesday is my birthday, and I'm going to be uh, up in the mountains um, far away from here. So I'll be catching fish and uh, rather than fighting this war. But you've got to recharge once in a while, and uh, that's what I'll be doing. So following week, we'll be back at it. And uh, let's see what Willie Nelson's got to say about it all. We'll see you all in two weeks. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.